Welcome to edition 106 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that loves it when someone puts the boot in, golden or not. We're just wondering, 106. No, Norwich didn't concede that many goals today, no, that's right. Uh, I'm Michael Bailey, I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, it is over. I've put that in capitals and I've added an exclamation mark at the end. Um, it is over. Uh, were they laps, lapses or lacking in appreciation and the shortest award season in history? We will work through all that and more with our guests this final evening of the season. They are Norwich number one chief at NCFC numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. Pleasure to be here. We have former Norwich City head of content and programme editor Dan Brigham. Evening, Michael. Good to see you. And I've written here maybe later, but not maybe later, because he has nailed it in terms of timing. AKA Me? Me? That was really good. That was, was really exactly good. exactly the same as normal. What are you talking no, about? No, it wasn't it. No, it wasn't it. You said it correctly in this occasion. The intonation was bang on. Let's let's not do that argument again. But thank you, Stu. I do appreciate it. By the that. way, your time to shine because you get Alec Neal right and he's back in the limelight. So wow. I mean, you're getting all the Scottish pronunciation right. You have just jumped across to a whole section that we are going to reach later. So I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna gloss over that. No, you, you've nailed it, Stu, because you've you've teased something that some people have actually been missing as well because we've had messages that they've missed it. That's all I'm saying. Excellent. But we'll get there. We will get there. In the meantime, a big thank you to everyone out there watching and listening, because to be fair, you all deserve a round of applause because, you know, how long has this been going on for this whole season? Um, and uh, of course, we've got these guys with us, too. Um, so how are we doing? Steve, how are you? I am very well, Michael. Um, is that your right? default I'm, answer? <laughs> I mean, it pretty much is. I, I feel like I feel like we're just get, going through the motions at this point. Um, someone has, has asked in the comments, did you enjoy your beer? last night yes um lots of people said it was it looked really flat uh, that would be i think it's been in my fridge for probably 10 months and keeping <laughs> is, with the season then yeah yeah, yeah well you would say indeed. um so yes it, it, it tasted nice I, I don't drink a lot of beer but i do like a beer and it was incredibly needed at like half 12 last night after watching match of the day <laughs> are we are we allowing flags of other clubs to appear in the background of this podcast now i just want to i just want to check on uh, whether that is acceptable behavior Mate, forgive me right like i've actually like i've i've been totally cheating in norwich city i'm having you an have. affair at the moment yeah. and and you know what who can blame me absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. you've absolutely. gone back to your first yeah. love haven't you Hodgie? yeah i have like I, I don't know i think i would be a good character in a soap right now you know what i mean <laughs> Well, right. I mean, this, this is the, this is the plot line that all the fans wanted. So you've been tra- <laughs> you've been treated like dirt for a year now. To be fair, so you know, but it's it's a Celtic flag for for the Only, initiated. Yeah, here in my dirty den with my Celtic flag. What can what, I say? What does it say on it, Stu? Can you read it out? Champions, we never stop. Well, I mean, I'm <laughs> exactly the, the, the season has finished now, though. It has stopped, hasn't it? Yeah. Also, <laughs> he didn't win it last year. No, it's Ange Postecoglou was not there last year, Michael. This is a new Celtic football club, and oh my goodness, they play football that is mesmeric. Wow. As Norwich City may well see in pre season. Um, uh, yeah, so, um, well, I mean, you know, a whole year of pain, Stu, and you've, you've jumped ship. So, well, well done. <laughs> oh, hey, mate, come on, a whole year. Year of pain. Let, let's let's say that there was like two years of pain with something segmented in between. Also, can I just say to any of the Norwich fans out there that are planning to come to Scotland, 
please feel free to contact me because I want to like welcome as many people as I can. I might even take people to Glasgow <laughs> or something if there's enough folk because I love my Canary family <laughs> just as much as my Celtic fam. Look, you could end up with like five thousand people turning up, Stu. Like for like, let's meet Hodgie and have what like. I, I know I've got the beard, mate, but I'm, I'm not that sort of standard of biblical popularity uh, yet. Don't doubt yourself. <laughs> don't doubt yourself. I, I mean, me and, me, me and Stu, we've, we've been doing interviews and all sorts between us for, for, for years now. And uh, I, remember, I remember there was definitely a point where you said, I, I'm trying to keep it under wraps who I support in Scotland. So I, I guess I we're, gave, we're beyond that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave up <laughs> on that because, like, I just decided that I would be quite out there about the fact that, yeah, I mean, I went on Celtic Fans TV, announced that Eddie Howe was a done deal as manager. That went well. That's the best journalistic mistake I've ever made. Over, um, overrated, and then, um, Eddie, definitely. Oh, nah, definitely. When you look at Ange Postecoglou, mate, I'm, I'm so happy I got it wrong. But um, funny you mentioned the beard, actually, like, because on, on the latest wee appearance I did on there, somebody said I looked like Jim Royal. And rather than shave it, I thought, let's lean into it. Come on, you lazy little shark. Lean into it. You know, that's a great, that is a great, um, that's a great way of describing what we've done for this entire season. So uh, Dan, I'm going to lean into you. How are you? Uh, overwhelmed by Hodgie. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> just jealous. Uh, in awe of Hodgie as always. Uh, I'm good, thanks. I was wondering if you were saving that beer for the end of the season, much like Declan Rice was hoping to save his first ever beer for winning the Euros, which I now assume must be for winning the World Cup. Has he not, has he never had a beer? Is that? Well, no, he's never had a beer. He, no, and, but he was going to, if, if England had won the penalty shootout at the Euros, he would have had his first ever beer. I mean, is that the sort of thing, like, you would say to your child? Like, oh, no, I never got drunk. I, I mean, does... Does he have maybe, children, maybe, maybe. I don't think Declan Rice has children, does he? No, no, I know, but has he, has he, he must have... He does have a massive head, though, as uh, as established by Zoe last week. So. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> He's a lovely guy. He's actually a like... Not as big as Grant Hanley's head. Or as angular. <laughs> um, well, I think we've established we're all well. So I think mm. in, in the in the uh, essence of progression, I reckon we move on. By the way, I do promise to um, knock down all the volumes on these things over the summer because if I can't <laughs> do it in two months, I, I'm never doing it. Uh, so here is uh, this week's headline act. Oh, well now, well now. Uh, Sunday was something, wasn't it? Uh, Norwich lost 5-0, home to Tottenham, and Arsenal fans got a brief taste of the failure. We've all known for what feels like a long time now. Um, I mean, we don't really need to talk about this too much, do we? Let's be honest. Uh, anyone give me something worthwhile that we experienced on Sunday? I don't, maybe before you turned up at the... I had a lovely breakfast at Waterloo Park and the Feed Cafe. Plug for that. Absolutely beautiful morning it was. It was a lovely, lo- lovely lunch at the Trafford Arms. Yeah, I went to Benoli for lunch and it was oh, a lovely... Yeah, yeah. That is a step up, Steve. Yeah, it was, my bro- um, it was my brother's It's my brother's 30th this week. Actually, he said he's only going to listen if I give that a shout out. So I've done that now. Uh, but yeah, got a nice tat. <laughs> it felt like I've, I was browning nicely actually during the game. Beautiful sunny day. So yeah, should we just move on? And we should say happy birthday to you, Steve, because it was your birthday or oh, a day mm. before. I feel very uh, guilty because you're one of my best two days and I forgot. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna call Stuart out on that right now. No, I'm not. Uh but um actually I was thinking, thanks to a Dan Brigham tweet over the weekend, that I am now one year younger than Alec Neal was when he achieved <laughs> promotion with us in uh, twenty fifteen. Wow. Quite quite a sobering thought. 
Wow. Anyway. Not as sobering as being only only one year younger than Alex Neal as, as I am. <laughs> <laughs> I do find that hard to believe. Um, anyway, should, should we talk about a football match? I don't know if we, if we should do yeah. that. I, I didn't so, get to see what I had for my lunch. Everybody else, what, what did you have? I had iron brew. No, um, I, had a, I had a rolling slice. Oh, what is a rolling slice? <laughs> it's never going to be anything simple, was it? Slices can't roll. Lawn sausage, lawn <laughs> sausage in a bat. Lawn, lawn sausage. Lawn sausage. What is a I lawn like, sausage? Square. Oh, square sausage. Uh, square that's, sausage. That's, that's actually roll, really nice. Yeah. A rolling slice. Big fan. Even, even put some onion on it just for a wee bit of garlic. I think, I think we need to save Stu from Scotland. We're gonna have to try back down. <laughs> oh, oh, that I'm sounds. Just, I'm, I think we need to save this podcast from Scotland. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> he is leaning into it. I um, never stop me. No, I love it. It's too, too true. I, I, I now desperately want to want to try some lawn sausage and a rolling slice. Do it when um, you come up in the summer, mate, for the preseason games. This, this is it. We <laughs> are we're doing a, feeding of the five thousand. We are we're doing a great job of putting this conversation <laughs> off. Um, it felt like there was a bit of rolling slicing going on. Does that work? Probably not on Sunday. Um, okay, so the football. Uh, what have I written down here? Um, Dean Smith. Not much coming off for him. A eh? Question mark. I mean, is that a statement? Uh, I mean, um, yeah. Substitutes do. They come off. They do. They they do willingly come off. That <laughs> no, is true. Like off the pitch, not not come off in terms of successfully being um, bringing magic to a game. I no. Do you know what? Right. Judge the guy next season. That's all you can do. That's where I am with that. Yeah, that seems to be you know the perception, and he's certainly shielded from a good chunk of the blame for this year and this season. It was interesting listening to him speaking after the game. Um, uh, yeah, I found it quite interesting that he said you know he let Tim Quill start because he's got international games coming up, and that would be uh, what is that? that? Yeah, that, that was odd, be... wasn't it? I've, mm-hmm. I've never heard that before. I don't think we shouldn't really be doing favours to international sides, should we? We should be concentrating <laughs> on our own side. I've got nothing to play for, Dan. So, I suppose. <laughs> Does um, Smith owe the Netherlands something, or uh, you know? Is he... Well, I, I guess we. Yeah, I mean, obviously felt that it would be the way he said it. Though was like, you know, I thought I, you know, I basically I did Tim a favour, and then there was just this sort of pause in, and then you know he did Daddy that goal. for the second goal. Which I mean, favours to go round on uh, yesterday. I think t- Tim did make some good saves after that, did he, Steve? But ultimately, it was a very similar concession to against Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, as I say, we keep finding amazing new ways to concede goals this season. I did sort of think last week it could get a bit messy. Uh, and I think it was 13 shots on target to nil. Uh, the, the shots on target thing is a bit like, it's a bit funny because it sort of changed about 15 years ago in terms of like the shots that were blocked were previously regarded as being on target. But um, we've never had a team that's had 13 shots on target in that 15 years at Carrow Road. And we've only had zero shots on target in that time frame four <laughs> times. So that would indicate quite a lot of dominance. I mean, I thought we'd lost it at kickoff. Like, you know, that oh. old adage of like the games lost before mm. the teams kicked off. Just kind of saw Spurs lined up in there. Eating white shirts, you know, looking like athletes, and then our like, it was a bit village cricket, you know, just turning up in jackets with their kids <laughs> under their arms, and I just thought we're gonna get battered here. First felt like we brought in, right. felt like we yeah. brought in some ringers, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. Is that, <laughs> is that cricket? We sort of did. 
ringers no i don't think so it's just bringing in people like you don't really know because you're a few short for a team oh, i was like hey, to think uh, they're good i was like to think they're good players though <laughs> um uh yeah i definitely said there was you know it was nice that they're human it was nice that their families got to be on the pitch and they did after the game as well yeah, so, yeah it was yeah. nice oh yeah it's lovely <laughs> yeah i mean well, walk a bit it's just nice it's nice that tim krill gets some um you know, practice ahead of international well, duty as well. But this is the point. So Dean Smith then does an interview after awards where he's like, he's banned three words or three words he doesn't like, which are nice, comfortable, and I can't even remember the other one, but it was definitely something similar. Nice, Can- comfortable. Cantwell. <laughs> oh my God. Every- Winning, scoring goals. <laughs> no, no, um, I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, right? I'd like, have to so think of a third word. Carry on, talk amongst yourselves. So there's never, any, the there's never any success. So you're not going to say it's a nice goal. You're not going to say it's a comfortable lead because we don't do either of those things. So what happens next season if we actually start scoring goals again and leading games? After we do, but well, he wants to replace it with the word enjoyable. He said, didn't he? Enjoyable and competitive, which would be nice, to be honest. Yes, <laughs> yeah, something competitive would be um, a start. Happy was the other one. The words he doesn't like are nice, happy, and comfortable. Um, well, he won't be listening to any of Pharrell Williams then, will he? Um, <laughs> I. But then, then, as you I... say, Steve, you know, to, to play Tim Cool is a nice thing to do. <laughs> you know, is, is he living by his own? Way, kind. You, know, you, you could mitigate that by saying it was a kind thing <sighs> to do, and that's not in the band list. So, yeah. Do we want to go big picture about what's wrong, or do we just keep it like? If you can sum it up <laughs> in about 25 words. Uh, <laughs> a self-funded football club in the Premier League will never work because this league has eaten itself with its own gluttony. Oh, that, don't, that, don't, that's a perfect sentence, too. You don't need to try anything else. It's amazing. <laughs> I can do something. You've saved us eight hours of podcasting there. I said that. I said something similar, not as elegantly put as Stuart has just there uh, two weeks ago when I was last on the pod and uh, got accused of being a Delia sympathizer because of that. So (laughs) be careful, Stuart. Um, I mean, I I think we have made this sentiment a few times. I don't know whether I've said it this season, but for all that, you know, great for the Spurs fans to have that day out and stuff and to celebrate coming forth, good for them. But I still think, like, remember 12 months ago when your club tried to run off to Europe um, and just leave you behind, didn't actually give a give a, a monkeys about about you. You know, like, I'm not I'm not going to swap. I'm not going to swap for that. I'm gen- I'm genuinely not. I don't care how bad we are. And we are really bad, but I'm not going to swap for, for those, that. Uh, those Spurs fans were celebrating getting into a tournament, the Champions League, that their club didn't want them to get into 12 months ago. They didn't I want the Champions League to exist. Do the Scottish Premiership champions still get in the Champions League? Yes, League? they do, and they got automatic qualification, so we don't start playing qualifiers in June, which is mm. helpful, um, because the coefficient has improved, thanks to <laughs> Rangers! <laughs> um, which is absolutely beautiful. That's I where think. I thought um, we never stop comes from. Is because you're playing yeah. like qualifiers in like the middle. Hey, of honestly, the I think that I think that's the reason Kieran Tierney's is injury prone. You know, genuinely, because what it would happen is Celtic would finish the league in May, oh, and then he would Scottish get he would yeah. get he would get two, two three weeks off, and then he would have a Scotland game, and then they'd be into Champions League qualifiers. So anyway. the biggest positive I took from the game actually just on that on that theme is uh realizing that harry kane would finally have a summer off 
because of all he's done is played every single 90 minutes for Spurs over the last six or seven seasons, then gone straight into a tournament, looked absolutely knackered, and then gone straight into another league season. So, for you know, former Norwich legend, of course, Harry Kane, it's just lovely to know that he'll actually have a holiday for a couple of weeks now. 5,000 words on Harry Kane's loan spell on The Athletic. It's a brilliant read. I loved it. I, w- I rewatched every minute, so you don't have to, of his loan spell. Don't tell me it was rubbish. Don't tell me he was rubbish. It's all in there. Brilliant. Um, Here's the thing. Hyung, Hyung Min Son, happy for him. He's a lovely player and yeah. seems a really nice oh, guy. So, yeah, mm. absolutely. And I, I, what I did right here, I mean, yeah, Son is, is incredible. And that was kind of, you know, from a bigger picture of watching the game, that was that was a, bit, a kind of fun thing to see them try and set him up. But also, I thought Dejan Kulisevsky was was awesome. He's exactly the sort of player that would go straight in my fantasy league team. Yeah, <laughs> and, awesome. and Ben Bentancur as well. But also, as, as incredible as Son and Kulisevsky both were, they they had three absolutely terrible misses in that <laughs> second. I mean, Kulisevsky. I, I know we're doing awards later. Was that miss of the season? It was obviously. I'm comparing that directly with Josh Sargent, who I thought had the award wrapped up. But that, I think Kulisevsky's might have been worse. Worse than Zaha's penalty? Oh, yeah. He's throwing one in from left field now. No pace penalty as well. Hang on. We'll have to come up with the answers later. I mean, the thing about Kulisevsky, I suppose, on the replay, because I just assumed he was looking up to find Son and was trying to set him up. But then on the replay, I couldn't work out whether he just didn't get his feet right. It was just very yeah. weird. Did, but, um, did he try to penenker it? I couldn't because I've not oh, seen a replay. I just saw it live. Why not? You would, wouldn't you? Playing Norwich. How <laughs> how can I absolutely embarrass them? What embarrassment is left? See, um, that's what the else? thing. We are that team. Like oh, you have been. No, sorry. Carry on. It's miserable. Thanks, Stu. Thanks for <laughs> underlining that point. That's <laughs> me puncturing the balloon of With happiness. your Celtic flag. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what else? Uh, yeah, I felt a bit for Jakob Sernsen because he was playing left centre-back. You know, it was nice to see him out on the pitch, but in another position he's never played before. I, I feel he gets the raw end of the deal a little bit. Mm. Um, the lap of appreciation. Um, <laughs> tell you what, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, uh, and the golfing class, yeah, was something else. Oh, thought, I've literally ticked everything off from the game. Is anything anything anyone else uh, wants to bring up just, about Sunday? I just game? thought poor uh, Dimi and Newlis, like he looked really good in spells, like bringing the ball forward. He actually looked like the only one capable of doing that, but he also played them horribly, Benton Kerr horribly onside for the first goal. And then the defending for the third goal was really just like a player with no pace, just easing past you. Um, yeah. Uh, he, I don't know, it's just typical Dimmy. The reasons why he should play and the reasons why he shouldn't encapsulated in 90 minutes, basically. And that, that point, I, I, I know it's in the, it'll be in the championship, but I just don't think Dean Smith will trust him defensively. No. Just, I, I just don't see why he would, but um, we'll see. You, you know there's a poster going about with like a certain protagonist that's missing that pertains to Norwich City Football Club. Um, what about Christos Cholis? Just while we're talking Greek. Like, we'll see. <laughs> What's happening? He, he was there. He wandered out. He did a nice uh, run. At, at, he's been on the, the bench, game. hasn't he? Yeah, he was on the bench. Um, can see him being loaned out next season. Oh, that would be great for his development. They've got to kind of protect their asset because he's got the longest contract out of out of any longest team contract. What was the fee, player? Michael? You know the exact figures, probably, or at least have a better estimation oh, than me. It was, it was around about ten million quid. Wow, Close enough. ten million quid for hardly a run out. I mean, it's like buying a Bentley and then driving your Ford Escort. What's the point? The thing, Who's the, the Ford thing, Escort? 
Dowl or uh, Rowe. Rashid says more like a kind of, you know, one of those cheap bits lightly souped up Mazdas. Like, I think. <laughs> used to have a Mazda MX5. That's, that's the model I was going for. I'm not but, a petrol head. Call it a hairdresser's car. There was actually a um, a roller, not a rolling slice, or a hair a hair roller in the boot when we bought it. So there you mm. go. I'm all for this, by the way, because the less football chat, the better. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> One thing I was going to say about the thing that gets. Well, maybe this should be for the awards. I don't know. We'll think about the awards. Yes, this is definitely for the awards. But Crystal Schollis is the player who, the signing who looked really good, and then just fell off a cliff. And that, mm. I think, is the Norwich's door, the, if I'm honest. Or the Ricky Van Bullswinkle Award, I think he can take. Oh, <laughs> great one. Let's do that in a bit. Or the, um, the Stephen A. Smith Award. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. One good game, nothing else. Oh, that's, that's, I did an interview <laughs> with Stephen A. Smith about a year ago. Read that. That's good. Um, right. Uh, okay, that's enough. I mean, Norwich lost 5-0. Uh, whose was the better goal? Son's second or Kulisevsky's second? Well, just a point on both of those. Yeah. Like... Tim Crawford, great, great, well, great finishes, but like you know, these are the top players in the Premier League, and people going, "Wow, what an amazing!" It's like you, you, it's like a golfer from eighty yards <laughs> hitting a wedge to six feet away, like John Rahm or Justin Thomas doing that. It's like this is what they do. If you give them the time and space to do that, they will put it in the corner. So, but in answer to your question, Sons. And I miss Kulisevsky's goal because, like most of the second half, I was just on my phone looking at results elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit fun. There was fun following all the action elsewhere where things mattered. Um, all right, then. Well, I tell you what, let's move on to uh, a bit of this. Yes, it's picked that one out, um, where normally we'd get these guys to have a rant. But before we came on air, we decided we'd all rant it out. <laughs> So we're not going to bother. Um, is it, just, just consider it a bit sort of end of season Norwich City playing Spurs kind of uh, attitude. Um, but uh, it does mean that I can skip forward quickly to my things we are also not going to talk about. Um, so I was just going to rattle through these. Uh, there were obviously a few protests about on Sunday, as there have been for a few, a, a band of fans, quite small relatively speaking um there were a few dealer out and weber out chants inside the ground obviously which were audible but didn't really start spreading across the ground or anything like that um it did annoy me when i heard that adam Eder basically left the ground and got a barrel load of abuse from these um protesters who were waiting outside the city at the south stand along with other supporters most of them younger i guess trying to get autographs and what have you and and then you have adam Eder, who's been injured since february is an academy player has really not. If you're going to shout abuse at someone for their terrible efforts this season, would Adam Eder be the one you're going to just abuse? No. no. And so, uh, while I get people may have something in their mind and their opinion and they want to protest that, just being obnoxious and shouting abuse at people, what is that? That's just being an idiot. So, so there's a wider thing, Michael. Though, like, I mean, it's happening all across English football with these pitch invasions, and I don't know if it's just because people have been caged in by COVID and it's like a some sort of outpouring, but this, this pitch invasion nonsense is going to... What's going to happen is the FA are going to start bringing in more draconian... And by the way, Norwich City are not a club that are particularly guilty of this. But... Exactly. You don't invade the pitch to try and improve the team. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. So carry on, see. No, but like, you're going to end up basically with the match day experience becoming... Um, 
you're you're going to be treated more uh, harshly, and, and you're going to be maybe behind a cage or a fence or whatever. And the match day spectacle is going to end up, and the match day experience is going to end up being harmed by these people just being stupid, obnoxious, and idiotic, especially the ones that are assaulting people. Yeah, I think I think there's certainly a deeper conversation to be had, but it, it would involve us getting too deep into politics, and I'll, I'll you know I'll only I'll only lose myself. Um, but you have reminded me that um, that there was a post um, before, and it's, it is a serious issue. So apologies for making a, for, for running a glib thing, but um, I saw this on a, on a Facebook group, which I don't normally look at, but this one popped up and it said, uh, "There's a picture of Cara Road, and there's a message on there saying, running on the pitch has to stop. It's only a matter of time before a fan runs onto the pitch at Cara Road." And wins the man of the match award. <laughs> um, there we go. Uh, what else was on my list? I didn't see the Brandon Williams banner asking him to stay uh, on Sunday. So I think people have been listening to us. Where that <laughs> banner is now. I've seen someone set fire to their Norwich City shirt. So maybe someone's also set fire to their Brandon well, Williams yesterday. banner. Yesterday. Sorry, what? Someone set fire to their Norwich City shirt? Oh, well, yeah. You saw that yesterday? No, well, it was, it's on a it's on a post somewhere on social media. I have no, no knowledge of the timestamp, nor do I care. Um, uh, player of the season. It was won by Tamu Puki. Obviously, uh, it was announced during the week and then presented on the pitch on Sunday. Um, seemed to be a lot of melting down in the middle of all that, but there we go. Uh, Grant Hanley was second. Brandon Williams was third, uh, and Bryony Williams won the women's award. So well done to all of them. All hugely uh, deserved. Um, I didn't it, obviously the lap of appreciation happened for the men's team, which was um, which was sad, and maybe we'll get into a conversation about that in a tick. Well, you, um, you tweeted about that because I'm interested to get into that. Yeah, well, we would we'd def- well, yeah, we, we can do that now. It was sad. I, I called it this one of the saddest things, yes, or most <laughs> sorry things I'd ever seen at Carrow Road in since I was eight <laughs> inside the ground, which it was. Someone came back and said, "Well, yeah, what about Colchester?" But Colchester was just um, the seven-one defeat was just shell shocking you would like go just like what in god's name has just happened <laughs> um was this was just oh i mean because there was there was barely anyone there the, it was the players well the worst bit came it. before the the lap started was when the norwich players were just in the center circle milling around <laughs> waiting for the bigger boys of spurs <laughs> to um finish their celebrations and clear off because they were probably worried about getting into a little bit of trouble yeah. yeah, that was that was horrendous. Like they've literally they're literally on our turf and they're just standing <laughs> in the centre circle. Oh, uh, do, do no more what? nice, it's, no more nice, it's, it's, no it's more kinda, comfortable. It's kind of allegorical for the whole season, though, isn't it? It's like everyone else can come and just impose After their will. You. At our yeah, subservient to everyone else. Yeah. yeah, it's little thing, little thing, and uh, this shouldn't grab this shouldn't grab me at all because it's 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 nonsensical. But every time they've done a lap of appreciation or whatever you want to call it, they've walked out of the tunnel or they've you know been near the tunnel, which was always going to happen, and then they've walked round the ground from the city stand, River Ends, you know, Stand Barkley, and back. And this time they seem to sort of head out across the sit to the south stand, round towards the river end. And I'm thinking, are they actually going to go past the tunnel here to the Barclay or just bin it off completely? Because I wouldn't have, wouldn't have you know, blamed them. But then they sort of kept going and then got to in front of the Barclay where they were basically being booed by some people. And then they just sort of had to walk back on themselves. And I don't know, it means nothing, but it was just, the whole thing was just like, bruh horrible they've and, got to uh, do it they have to do yeah. it right but they do they yeah i mean yeah. i was come out i came out of it thinking 
did they have to do it you know what what was the point is it just damaging them you know but yeah you're right they do have to kind of well must have been and it's about them giving it to the supporters isn't it rather than it's it's the same it's the same principle as people who criticize um dean smith or the players or whatever for not coming out and applauding the fans after a 4-0 away defeat and which you know people have different opinions on that but i still think it's it's worth doing because it shows an appreciation that's what the lack of appreciation is right we're talking about the players giving it to the giving it to the fans in terms of appreciation. I am very much in the camp that the fans. Well, I think more fans should have stayed behind to give it back to the players in terms of booing. I actually think there should have been. No, I think, no, I think genuinely. Easy as you genu- say, you're a champion Celtic fan. <laughs> listen, listen. I'll tell you what. The efforts this season have been nowhere near good enough, and it's not just been a lack of quality. There's been a complete lack. There's been an abdication of responsibility across that football team for pretty much every member, maybe by a handful. And I think with that in mind, I think any fans that did stay and did boot, and you see the holier than now people that kind of come out and give it, oh, well, you should support the team, you shouldn't boo them. I think you're well within your rights after a season as embarrassing as this to boo them as they go round the ground and stay there and show your ire. Like I think that is a perfectly legitimate way to behave. Don't do anything that's like, like bad in terms of don't 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 hurl abuse or anything like that. But to boo them to make sure that they know that they've been rubbish, quite right. I think, I, they, probably, I, I think they probably know they've been rubbish. To <laughs> yeah. be fair, well, they, twenty-one they, they, points minus sixty-one goal difference. I, I think they're probably well. The, well the fans, the fans have the right to vent that. Uh, do you disagree? Do you not think the fans have the no. right to vent them? Well, I, I, find, think... I find booing, adults booing, incredibly embarrassing. I think as grown-ups, going to someone's face and making a booing noise is, is just basically weird. I mean, why would you do that? I mean, you could, you know, fine, they've been absolutely rubbish, and you're right, they've lacked effort uh, how, most how of the times. How would but, you but just by leaving, if you want, or just don't turn up. I, I would probably, I'd have to say that the fact that ninety, probably ninety percent of the home fans weren't in the ground at that point, um, did probably say just as much as as the booing as well. But and Timu Puki should not be part of any group being booed as well. Yeah, I, I, I just think like I, I'm not even sure about the lack of effort point. I, I, I think you know, regardless of, regardless of how I feel about how bad they've been, I think there's been a lack of quality, a lack of belief, a lack of organisation. But I, I think these are players who are still trying and, and, as Dan says, know that they're not very good and have had a pretty horrendous time of it. Uh, you know, we've criticised them on here, but on mass, I just don't feel it's helpful to hurl more abuse at them when they've just lost a game 5-0. You know, they're still human beings. And, you know, I don't, I would say everyone's got the right to do what they want, but that's, I'm not, I'm not going to turn on them in that way, I don't think. Fair enough. I still think criticising fans that did show their their dissatisfaction is also wrong because I think you've got the right to do that as a football fan, especially in this circumstance. Well, it's all opinions, isn't it? Just like it is on the pitch as well. I think the thing that made it the sorriest situation for me is that on on the majority of all those people there will be back again in two months' time expecting to all get along. I mean... And all pull in the same direction, and that only, is going to take. It only takes the team to start winning, though, Michael. That is all it will take, and think that it'll feel like times are good again. That's all it, it needs. It, yeah, hopefully so. Um, hopefully so. Uh, but the, the other thing I wanted to mention was um, 
the women's lap of appreciation. Uh, now, I, let, I'm going to take a deep breath because I've been sitting on this since the moment it happened before the game on, on Sunday. And I actually really, but I mean, it was far, this annoyed me more than anything I saw the men's team do on Sunday, if I'm brutally honest, because I've seen all that before. Someone came up to me at halftime of the, of the game and said, that was embarrassing, wasn't it? And I was like, to be honest, that's pretty much what I've seen for weeks. <laughs> there wasn't any better or worse than anything else I've seen. Um, but this really annoyed me because they, the idea was that the women's team um, would get their own lap of appreciation as well. Men's team would do a lap of appreciation at the end. Women's team would do one before the game. Brilliant. Great. Great recognition. The women's team were a part of the club. Uh, give them that to however many people in Cairo, it doesn't matter, but that would be lovely. So it's all built up really nicely. It's about half past two. Um, the guy um, uh, begins to announce them over the PA. And then just, he sort of says, and not halfway through the entrance, halfway through the introduction, his mic cuts out. Now that might be completely unavoidable and inescapable. And it might just be that the tech just stopped. I don't know, but he didn't actually get to introduce them. So then the girls, women, are um, left to walk around from the sort of corner of the family stand to do their lap of appreciation. So they're just sort of left to come out. So they walk out and no one really knows they've come out because the rest of the message has stopped. So they're just sort of there walking. And then a few people realize, so there's the sort of start of the applauding, but no one really knows. No one, if you wouldn't know, you wouldn't really know what they've done, why they're there or what they are. Um, and then obviously it's half two. So presumably they normally read out the first team, the first teams that are playing in the game then, and they re re remind everyone of the team. So then they just start reading out the teams when the, the women are sort of about a fifth, a tenth of the way through their lap and only just getting acknowledged. So everyone then ignores them for the rest of the walk pretty much because they're reading out the teams, which presumably has to happen at this point rather than allowing the stadium to acknowledge what they're doing. Um, Here's another one for you, Michael, as well. I've just been on the Norwich City website, right, to see how the women's team are doing. The last update was for a game at March the 13th and the rest of the season fixture results have not been filled in. Okay. Well, which is that's, very, very, very poor. I don't, I don't want, yeah, I don't really want to get into what... And what um, just to get into that. it, <laughs> just to add another layer to They're doing a lap of appreciation around a pitch that the club never let them play on as well. Mm. I mean, yeah, and I, they have made strides this season with, uh, with, the, uh, with the Norwich City women's side. The club have definitely made strides with that. Um, but yeah, they are very much classed as sort of second-class citizens at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, so uh, I, what I'm not going to make this out is that I don't want this to be a kicking. I don't want it to be a kicking of them because that's not the point. And I know that they want to play a game at Carrow Road and, and the women and the club want them to play there and they'll pick their moments. You do have to appreciate they get you know, 100, 200 people on a really big occasion when they play at the nest. So I understand that getting them to a point where they can do that and, you know, they're picking and choosing the right moments for that. It's all great. I know people are trying to work on it. But the thing that really did get me is that they've done this. They've made out there's going to be this lap of appreciation and it just just got ditched. And, and the, the players were left to walk around the pitch without anyone really noticing. And I just thought it was, I just thought they deserved so much better than that. And it really, really rattled me. Maybe it shouldn't have done, but. It's the right intention, but they just didn't. didn't it's a missed work. opportunity, isn't it? As well, I think you know, for some for some real recognition and for more people to start going along and to to you know, some people might not even realise that Norwich City have a women's team in the crowd, and you know, maybe they still don't after that. So it's a shame. 
I just uh, I just felt they deserved a bit better than that. Um, what I would like to think is that people sat back and thought, oh, yeah, that was that wasn't very good, was it? Let's make sure we do that better next time. So that would be my sentiment to pass on. Um, re- re- yeah. And did you where we covered off the lapse of appreciation there? We're all done. I think pretty comprehensively. I feel better and, now. And it's the abdication good. of the women's team. <laughs> um right the retained list uh yeah lucas rupp has left the club um it was lovely chatting to him when i did did an interview with him as well that's on the athletic Give that <laughs> um uh, so that's grand um uh yeah i don't think there were any surprises of anyone else who was leaving no everyone yeah um uh that's it i think but yeah Todd Tol- Tol- is back because um, bournemouth haven't taken their option up so he will be um, remain a Norwich player. Uh, do I think he will be playing in all of Norwich's preseason games? I would be surprised. I can see him being loaned out or playing somewhere else next year. But next season, we will see. Well, what do you think is a realistic fee for him now? Five million? Uh, a loan fee, I imagine, is a realistic uh, fee. It depends where he wants to go and who wants him, like with any of them, really, doesn't it? Um mm-hmm. I can already see him uh, joining Alex Pritchard and Patrick Roberts under Alec Neil. Yeah, at Sunderland. yeah, that's that's a good move for him, I think. Will be. Congratulations, Alec Neil uh, and Alex Pritchard. I did an interview with Pritch. Read that there, <laughs> Well, oh, this, I, I did an interview with Alec Neil. Basically, if, if you do an interview with me, you, you and yeah, in fairness, you did like a five-hour proper deep dive with Alec Neil. So yeah, two and a half. Um, is that everything? I think that's all good. Um, I, I any- one little thing, if I may. Yes, please. Just one thing I've been clinging on to all season is uh, Watford being as bad as us. And they did only finish, what, one point ahead of us. And us having the moral high ground because they just sack their managers, have no sort of long-term system in place. And yet here they are appointing a manager from League Two, a former Norwich, well, briefly former Norwich player in Rob Edwards, yeah. young up-and-coming manager. Exactly the kind of thing that, Norwich City have got a reputation for doing so now now I can't even look down on Watford now even they're ahead of us <laughs> he'll be gone by November Dan <laughs> by the way did you notice how Forest Green um, and like their, their very green initiative sort of board and stuff did you notice how stuffy they were about his departure they're like they, didn't he, like they, they didn't did like not it. like it like they put out this proper um, don't know we watershed not yet A-S-Y mess E-R-S-E-Y yes I quite enjoyed that actually because it seems like that Rob Edwards was approached without any consent from Forrest Green at all it was quite it was quite uncommon it wasn't polite was it (laughs) no and it was it was different like it was it was interesting anyway because it's not often a club will do that even if they Mm. have been sort of done over in that way no more nice no more happy no more comfortable um Right. Well, uh, any messages, Steve? Has anyone said anything? Have, have, have I been banned for my Norwich City women's rant? Have we got? Uh, no, I think. Uh, I mean, God knows. What... Thanks for all your messages. It's obviously <laughs> thanks, what we're saying. First of thanks all, thanks for all your messages. Um, and yeah, I mean, what was worse than the two thousand and eight? What was this worse than the two thousand eight two thousand nine season? Fair question. That's, that is a good question. So I am. Um, I'd only just started working as a journalist then, so I was sort of in and out of that. Um, so I just remember it being just hilariously bad, really, and and a complete mishmash of temporary players. So probably far worse. We did sign Wes, though. We did, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll be still be saying that about yeah, Les Malou, Charles, in ten years, Tony Charles, Josh Sargent. 
The new Wes Hulahan. Wes Malou. Oh, yeah, there's that question. So, <laughs> Wes Malou. Oh, that's a good maybe we can find that new puns of of a mixture of play like mixing <laughs> mix and matching two Norwich players you Pierre, where's Malou you know, okay. huh? no I uh, could also be a question where's Wes the new um, <laughs> that's <crushing. laughs> we're still getting over rolling slice um, at Roland slice Michael um, also oh. on that note Stephen Stibbins says can't well to Celtic no thank you <laughs> wow can't well to Rangers yeah if you want he's basically just like a sort of kind of Ryan Kentish player so right. Celtic um, never stop either and I feel like Todd has stopped once or twice this season so uh, Dave Bowers says what are your feelings on fine margins nowadays I don't know that's the a great question that, but, I mean, In pink dressing, remember having a pink dressing room yeah we we don't have fine margins. We have a chasm that we have to try and let somersault over without. Uh, what does what do you call a pole vaulter's stick? A pole, a pole, a pole. A pole. <laughs> so, I the reckon, action of vault. I reckon. I reckon. Even if you had the biggest pole in the world, you could not vault over the chasm that Norwich City are trying to cross, trying to get yeah. the Premier League. I that think was a maybe, very, very, very badly delivered idea. That was maybe there's a pod next season for fine margins when we're competing for promotion, but I don't. The, the margins have not been fine this season. They they have been <laughs> huge. Uh, they've not been fine. Um, uh, right, I think we are. That, that, yeah, that's. Um, yeah, okay. That's. We, we, thanks for keep your comments coming in, especially as we now head um, to the next bit. Um, we're going to dip. No, I'm going to play the halftime sting. Here's the halftime sting. Purely because I like the music. Um, probably a frustrated radio DJ when I think about it. The idea of talking over music is a, is a rare pleasure. This is one of the few times I get to share in that. Can you do uh, your best radio DJ voice, Michael? I want to hear your radio DJ voice. That was it. How did you not notice? No, you know, got to do the hi there. You're listening to Michael on his podcast. Can I vibe? No, but I'm going to get you to do it next time. Um, Okay, and obviously um, the, the the bit of editorial um, workings that I will need to sort out come next season. Let's have our sting for default. Absolutely seamless, this podcast. Right, um, Centrefold, for the final time this season, it is our time for our alternative end-of-season awards. Now, we're going to go through them all. Um, get your uh, nominations in, too. You might want to uh, just put an abbreviation of what the award is you're nominating and then who or what um, so that we know which one because we will lose track. And we'll try and come up with some definitive answers um, as we go through. Um, have a think. The more, the merrier. And we'll do our best to cover them all off. Um, and uh, I think we're going to be led initially by the Premier League's tweet earlier today which is uh, obviously a, a choice piece of engagement um so we'll go through those awards initially which started off with player of the season so that's not going to take long is it everyone okay yeah yeah i think one team just this one for, for a, tv tv for sky for a long time it's uh, i loaded onto my xbox 
because my girlfriend pays for a Sky Sports subscription and I get to use that. So player of the season's TV for Sky player on my Xbox. <laughs> I think I think Pookie still wins by two to one though. So <laughs> there was a moment, Stu, where I just assumed you were having a phone call with someone else. And I wasn't really sure what was going on. Um okay, most improved player of the season. I mean, this Ooh. is tough. More but four. I've... What? <laughs> More four. <laughs> Sonani's done well at Huddersfield, hasn't he? He seems to have improved leaps and bounds. Yes, that's a great shout. I've that's put, a good shout. Um, I've put Adam Eder, but improved and abused as it turns out. But I think maybe he's the best of a slightly bad bunch. I mean, Anel Hernandez seems to have come back a much improved player um, in most people's eyes. Good, <laughs> obviously, not really seen him play. So um, for that would be good. Of recency bias, I think. As if that exists, Stu. <laughs> um, uh, what have we got here? Uh, Susanna George. Hey, Susanna, friend of the show. Uh, alternative award for outstanding debut performance, the Blackbird. Good shout. Um, can't mm. remember which game that was now. Yeah, was I, it was Chelsea. Chelsea. I had the Blackbird down as best cameo of the season. But, oh. um, Susanna's award is, is better. Trumped you, but we double award for the Blackbird. It's already you know beating everyone else. Um, uh, Andy Tickner said McGovern, which I'm guessing is for player of the season. See, <laughs> you want to know why the vote wasn't publicised for a really long time. So that's exactly why, Andy. Um, um, right, sorry. Paul Stanley just uh, just commenting the, the best thing I've heard for a very long time. What do you call a Paul Volta stick? I mean, I think we've peaked. We've literally peaked. Um, uh, Mensa uh, are going to be knocking on my door tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, Nick Deal with the most improved. Uh, Angus Gunn was much better in his game time this season than we was yeah. here for Farker's last yeah, first championship season. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, do you think? I mean, he was well, certainly better than Farker. when he was at Southampton. Anyway, I think that's that's definitely <laughs> a good shout. Um, and it's been a good yeah, it's been a good year of rebuilding for Angus. Definitely in terms of that because he's that's kind of why he came to Norwich as well. Um, Num- number one next season, do we think? Well, I think the fact that we're even having that question is testament to the fact that he's had a fairly decent season. So Steve nails it there. Um, most regressed player? Um, regressed. I, I refer you to my Christos Jolis comment earlier in the podcast. But, but, but it, we had no, I mean, it has to be Todd, in my opinion. Like, mm. if, if we're going on what they produced last season, I think I've defended Gibson, but he's probably not had as good a season as we would have hoped for. But I think for Todd to go to kind of linchpin to, from linchpin to, you know, literally, literally we won one game. No, we didn't lose one game that he played all season. That was when he got hauled off at half time. I would have to say Todd. I, I was going to have. Ben Gibson is worst player of the season, actually. Oh, really? Players oh, really? have been worse, but there's mitigating circumstances around, say, Chollis, haven't seen him. Mm. Um, that, that would be unfair. Billy Gilmore, first full season in professional football. Ben Gibson is a guy who's played a lot of football in his career. He was brought in as a Premier League uh, centre-back as well when we bought him and has not been good enough for the Premier League. But... We'll be excellent again next season in the championship. <laughs> Norwich's record with Ben has been good, though. Mm. Well, well, if you're calling him by his first name, Michael, I, I feel like I might have offended you. <laughs> true, true, true. Well, I just couldn't, couldn't be bothered to say both both names. <laughs> um, 
Uh, NCFC Live says uh, Max Aaron's most regressed. Yes, you for him. Would you agree, agrees? I mean, there's an element of where the regression started, I suppose, if we want to get to the technicalities well, yeah, and, of it. And someone has said Mateus, oh. Mateus Norman, and I think over the course of the season, that's probably a fair argument as well. He did not look good yesterday. Um, ah. There's Jingus' Jing- column, uh, comment as well, which I didn't actually mean to uh, put up, but I have. Because <laughs> we're getting so uh, many uh, comments. Did you not mean to put that up, Michael? No, it's it's skipped full. The one I agreeing with you. I, meant- <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even read it. That was what yeah, I meant. You've done to. him there, Michael. You've done him. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Jingus also put Norman most regressed. Um, and ah. um, sorry, it's gone, Stu. I was just going to say, I like Jack Norwich's comment where he says, "Can football identity win most regressed?" I, I <laughs> think, I think, I think that's that 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 kind of hits the nail in the head for for where I think it's gone wrong this season because I think it's it's easy to pinpoint individuals and say this person's gone backwards or whatever or this person's done their bit or you you, you can kind of go through them and do that. But what's happened as as a football club, and I made this point last time I was on the pod. There's just been no cohesion at all from top to bottom, from the recruitment to the playing to the connection between the fans and those that are inside the club. I just think this season, the football identity and to some extent the club's identity has regressed this season. And I think that there's less a semblance of what Norwich City Football Club is at this point in time than there was 12 months ago by by a big margin. Stuart Webber gets the award then, I guess. <laughs> Stuart Weber and anybody in charge, eh? Like, okay. To be honest, there we go. Progressed Stuart Weber. Well done, Stuart. Um, Paul Frakes is a. Oh, sorry, Dan. Go on. No, go on, Michael. Oh, no, I was just going to read out Paul Frakes comment, which was that Pohetta was the pole who needed a stick. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave Bowles got, got a good one. Said most regressed communication with the local press. I think that's a really, really good point. <laughs> uh, Dan, what were you going to say? Michael on that I was going to say. Jay Crick 12 says Max would be a lot better in a better side, which I yes. absolutely agree with. Yes. He's an excellent footballer and we've been very lucky to have him. It's time for the kid to move on. He's not going to get yeah. anywhere to this football. I would like him to get a good move. It would be good for him, certainly. Nick Deal says, uh, not sure he's regressed most on the pitch, but his value has probably regressed the most. But then I think Norwich have also uh, accepted that. The coach, Tim Krull, got worse as the season went on. Uh, lots of people enjoying the uh, opportunity to say who has regressed the most, which does probably sum up where these <laughs> awards are heading. Uh, let's move on to Unsung Hero. Um, um, I've I've given this one to the boy who flicked the Vs at Ronaldo. Oh, well, right, absolutely. The Riverend. He, he <laughs> takes it Can we call me. that one off now? Well, yes, yeah, had a couple. Oh, yes, please, Dan. Oh, actually, Liam Gibbs. You had more than... Oh, sorry, Liam Gibbs. <laughs> yeah. Liam Gibbs, who, the youngster who we signed from Ipswich, which created a little bit of bragging rights at the start of the season. So thank you, Liam. I think he, what, played once for us, twice, maybe? I don't, the... think, he's made his day. don't think he made his debut. Not sure. He's not playing the League Cup? He's... Maybe Maybe I've made it up. And also Alex McCarthy for chucking in two goals oh, uh, yeah. when we played Southampton at home in Dean Smith's first game to give us one, of, <laughs> one very rare victory this season. That sums up everything that is bad about football, doesn't it, really? That someone can chuck in two <laughs> stupid goals like that and all of a sudden it's like, well, look at all the great pressing and look at the way this was done. Look at that. Everything is in the prism of the fact that they scored two goals. I'm pretty and sure this pod was saying that at that, at that yeah. point. Well, well, that's, that's <laughs> the, We're all aware of it. We're all aware of it. We just you did, have to, you can't only just that's a Mourinho approach, isn't it, to football? Make fewer mistakes than the other side and you'll win the, mm. win the game. Or what? Which definitely was not that. our approach this season. Jesus, imagine that logic. 
Uh, did you have another one? Did you say, Steve? For that? No, no. Boy, saying, with, that was boy the with the V's. Although boy with the V's. McCarthy as well. Uh, gets my vote. Um, Stu? Uh, what they said, like, I <laughs> just, I, I mean, I, there's no heroes. There are no heroes. <laughs> we have, a, I mean, I've then, I've then been contrary and put a sung hero, but I don't even well, know. It's got to be Pookie again. It's just. Maybe Pookie. Tamu Pookie and Grant Hanley are the two that I think can come out of this season with some semblance of credit. I think Sam Byram is or someone to mention him in the comments. I just think coming back from yeah. two years out with injury yes. and playing a role mm. um, in all three positions across the backcourt. And Why do we, what is field. that? What is that centre-back thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean the, guy, the guy's been a full-back all his days and then we want to shoehorn them in at centre-back when you've got a youngster in Andrew Omobamadeli that's screaming out for game time. Come on, well, he's he's in, in the he's in he's in has been all season pretty much. He's screaming out, but that's just in pain. <laughs> screaming out. It, it, well, what it did is probably back Dan's argument earlier because Dean Smith clearly didn't want to play Ben Gibson and he wanted to play Sam Byram as a centre back. So, it um, doesn't matter what I think. Uh, Dan, uh, Dean Smith probably does agree with you. Um, uh, Susanna back in with the unsung hero shout, Paul Warren. Love a bit of that. See you next year, Paul. Um, I think I saw him on Friday night if he's in Norwich uh, at a restaurant in Norwich with his which seemed to be his family having a lovely time and when when he walked off he um, when he left he did the classic managerial thing of just waving to everyone like he was leaving the stadium (laughs) waving to all the the staff in there did you do a lap of appreciation (laughs) (laughs) Um, did Rotherham win league one no. Second, I think, but they've yeah, gone up. Yeah, Wigan did. Uh, Dave Bowers gives Watford a vote for making Norwich look less dreadful. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably a niche, a niche vote. Um, <laughs> Lee Coates fans going for going to the games, which uh, they yeah. did indeed do that. Fair play. I didn't go to a Norwich City game this season, so um, every one of you out there that has been doing that, fair play, is because that has been a horrible way to spend a Saturday. Isn't it in our contracts we have to go to every game to be a pundit on here? at your own expense as well uh, Jay Crick Williams gets credit from me never stop trying unlike the other loan players he says it's so, um, so a more expensive trip for me to be fair then I don't think <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Samu so yeah Samu gets un, uh, sung hero I'm, I'm happy with that one uh, signing of the season um, again tough one this but I've gone for the soccer bot 360 I think <laughs> the role that that has played cannot be overlooked in our season. really great investment that has turned out to be wow wow it's just one of those delayed reaction things you know it'll, it'll come good in a few years I'm sure whoever signed the contract with BK8 another great signing for the season <laughs> well I was going to argue you could say Lotus was because that actually bailed them out of it but yeah maybe yeah. maybe your, your shout is probably uh, Liam Gibbs again from Ipswich <laughs> cover that one <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just to show how rogue I'm going tonight Tim Claxton says unsung hero me <laughs> yeah, I mean, the that, Michael praise tweets that, that yeah. is a damning indictment of everyone else really is what I would say that um, my, my uh, signing of the season uh, I'm, I'm just going to be as self-indulgent as you there Michael I'm going to go with uh, I signed the contract on my first ever property so. oh there he is there we go he's <laughs> home well. the, 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 the viewers are plummeting um, Harry here uh, I hope he is um, who won the Lotus car oh, that wasn't the one I was going to post I, they're obviously moving too quick for me um, Harry I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> Who won the Lotus car? I don't know. Good question, though. Um, mm. But I've got nothing else to do in the summer, so I might try and chat that down. Write 4,000 words on it. 
Uh, Macaulay Jarvis, uh, Crest Lion for Unsung Hero. Oh, now, yeah. Macaulay, do you mean oh, the new one? The new one or the ghost, I presume. Oh, yeah, the ghost that means clarifying. One. Yes, please, Macaulay. But, um, I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to say he means the new one. That's a fantastic name. You're rocking there, Macaulay. Macaulay Jarvis. Do you Macaulay play Jarvis guitar? It's a rock star's name. <laughs> um, Chris, Christopher Woods um, come out, come in with a um, an award suggestion. High point of the season. Scaling <laughs> Well, maybe not if he's uh, if he's. When's his Everest one, and when does the season end? Because he might be able to. He might. Is that higher? higher? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the Summit Foundation, you can find out what his training uh, regime is. Um, so he's got a few different climbs coming up over the next twelve <coughs> months. So I think Everest is planned for the next two years. Okay. So thanks. there we go. That's part of me wonders if this is part of some big commercial deal with the Windows Company. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's an attempt to get Norwich City some sort of big money, commercial money in the coffers. Everest is a Windows firm. Never mind. <laughs> you know, we can, we can do say the best strikes are the ones you have to explain. <laughs> Mate, I, I'm, I'm, my strike rate tonight is akin to any Norwich City striker not yeah. finished descent. They also say the best jokes uh, involve puns about Windows. So I think they, they love those jokes. Um, <laughs> right, where were we? Uh, I did signing of the seasons. I think we covered that off. A recruitment failure of the season. <laughs> I, I, everything totality. Yeah, all of it. The recruitment team. The recruitment failure of the season is the winner of that award. The season <laughs> of the failure of recruitment is um, more apt. Okay, goal of the season. Scored uh, and conceded. Uh, yeah, as a genuine answer, I think. Ooh. Timu Timu Puki against Newcastle was my favourite one. At oh yeah, I forgot about that. Thoroughly, like in terms of properly celebrating a goal, one that felt like it really mattered, and at the end of an awful, like a really bad performance, but we somehow managed to get something out of it. And and also, just what a great strike! I still feel like there's an element of fluke about the Sergeant one against Watford, but I do love the Timu one. Oh, You've got yes. to stick your leg out to school, though, haven't you, with Sergeant? Um, <laughs> also, but Sergeant's other other goal, great header, and we do not score yeah. any great headers, not since the days say, yeah, of Grant Hall. I like that right, goal better. Yeah, I like that. Interesting point. Yeah, I would probably go with Sergeant's goal because the, I was really annoyed about the Pookie. Well, I wasn't really annoyed. It was a great goal, but um, it was kind of like, you know, you've been slogging against 10 men for so long. How mm-hmm. are we this happy you've just equalised because you should be winning this game? So... Whereas I suppose the sergeant header was like, oh, two wins out of two. Um, Josh Sargent scored a brace. What is going on? So um, there was, I did see some people that were a little bit um, upset that Josh Sargent's, um, what I can only describe as weird goal, um, <laughs> wasn't in the goal of the season um, list on match of the day. Um, where, let's be honest, if you thought that was going to be in the short list, you were incredibly deluded. How was um, that Manny one in there, like, against us? Where yeah, I doubt about likewise. from goal, standing between the posts. It's like, how yeah. did he hardly miss that? And then Angus Blessing did just sort of fall in the goal. But um, I got <laughs> stick for saying that you should have saved that last time, so I'm not going to do that again. Um, uh, okay, well, so, okay, well, Jay Crick says Sergeant's first goal at Watford, no doubt. So you see, I might be out on my own then. Norman versus Brentford. Yeah, good shout. Shot. That was a good goal. I mean, Rooney there haven't been many, against... so any goal Rooney's... was a good goal. That Man United goal that Rooney scored against City, shinned it, and everybody thought that was brilliant. So what, does it just depend what team you play for, how people view it? Probably. I mean, Stephen Stibbons does say, if, if we have a minute, should we just go through all the goals? Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it would literally take a minute. I, I, people ask how this season's gone. One Piece involved me writing 
and describing all eight of Norwich's away goals at one point <laughs> to ascertain which was the best by some made-up analytics score. Um, what did you use? The Duckworth-Lewis method or something was, to try? And... It was just as sensical, I think. Um, Jack Norwich has um, Adam Eder versus Everton. Uh, yeah, that was a good. That was a good. Yeah, that was a good yeah. yeah. And also, Pookie's at home to Palace because that was a lightning start. Yeah. Uh, so you know, so many good moments. How have we forgotten about all these great moments? <laughs> um, best, yeah, wasn't that bad? Best uh, goal of the season conceded. Worst. Emotionally, sorry, Steve, you go. Well, I think you might be about to say the same as me, Dan. But I think in terms of the worst one that I think we conceded was the Leeds. Uh, Joe Gelhart one, which was both, well, it had all the all the hallmarks of a terrible one, a terrible goal to concede in that we just scored one ourselves to seemingly snatch a point. It was right at the end of the game and it also involved, it was really horrendously defended. I think Ben Gibson was involved in that as well. He's not coming out of this this podcast well, but Dan, you were actually at that match, so you can probably... Yeah, that was the goal I was going to say emotionally, especially... I mean, there was still a chance then, wasn't there? We felt mm. a result at Leeds, and they were awful as well. Um, we, we felt if we got a result there, then maybe there was a chance of putting a late run together. But to, from the jubilation of scoring an equaliser very late on, was it 89th minute, to uh, then conceding a winner uh, in the 93rd minute. Yeah, I don't think it gets much worse than that. Against a uh, relegation rival who we've, of, of, of course, had a few battles with over the last few years as well. They've become a kind of sort of, I mean, in the absence of Ipswich, obviously being away down in the doldrums, they've kind of been a sort of rival, haven't they? Have they been like oh. the, the most Stu, what? Stu, sorry, not, not an answer to the question, but you owe me a fiver because uh, I was just about to come on to that, Steve. Well, now I look like a real, yeah, Aye. we're all having a go tonight, aren't we? Self praise, <laughs> claiming our bets. I'll tell what you what, see, see how much you dismissed the idea he's going to, no, not gonna happen, and it nearly bloody did me. I almost I feel bad you. for taking it off you, but um, I love taking money off you. So uh, <laughs> you're gonna, still going to have it. Thanks. Well, yeah, Scott, I digress. Scotland giving say, all his money, England. Story of my lifetime. <laughs> we should say, obviously, Burnley are uh, joining us in the Championship next season, which is exciting. Um, it's a strong I, league, by the way. Have you I am already. It? What is no, it's the not. No, if you if you watch Luton and Huddersfield this it's, season, it's, it is not a strong league. There's a lot of there's a lot of big big teams in that division. Doesn't make it strong though. Traditionally, big sides don't mean they're going to do well, are they? Well, I was what I was going to say is I reckon you could. Uh, I would be tempted to put money on both Leeds and Brentford going down next season already. Mm, <laughs> Brentford, definitely. Brentford lose Ericsson. Then, there is uh, no way Christian Ericsson is staying at Brentford next year. He's also uh, like Brentford. Just just, Brent, Brentford, just thought it's going to be second season syndrome, isn't it? Um, every third podcast we write Brentford off. <laughs> <laughs> they were on a horrific run before Ericsson joined as well, weren't they? Yeah, yes, that's were. true. They were. Yeah. And, and then one at Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what else we got here? Um, NCFC lad, uh, Norwich, uh, Sergeant's involvement in the Michael Keno goal. I mean, that was great. Norwich scoring or being given two own goals in exactly the same manner <laughs> in the space of two games. Um, so that's grand. Um, oh, uh, Elliot Waterfield. Um, not a great goal, he says, but Omar Bamadeli against Leeds is my left field shot like goal that. of the season. Um it is also so Norwich only scored three goals from set pieces all season. That's in a piece on the Athletic. Go read it. It's a great stats piece. It was so much fun to write. Um, 
<laughs> that was the only one they scored under Daniel Farker. Um, and the other one was was Hanley, I think, against Southampton in Smith's first game. And then Pierre Wes Malou um, against Burnley. But that was scored on the FA Cup, didn't we, as well? Kenny's header against Kenny's uh, Wolves. Kick. Yeah, well, we all know the FA Cup doesn't count in the, of the <laughs> Premier League. Um, okay, uh, we, we, uh, pretty, yeah, best game, worst game. I think mean, these awards have been dragging out, really. I, I didn't think it'd go on this long. So we've done quite yeah, well. Uh, I mean, best game, Watford away. Yeah. Oops. Uh, worst game. Right, you could, from, you could take a yard back 50. from a litany of embarrassment. Uh, Watford at home, 3-1. Chelsea away, That's... 7-0. Uh, West Ham at home four 0 Chelsea was the last. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea was the nah. last. Best, yeah, Watford best game. What, Go yeah, got to be Watford, hasn't it? Or Everton at home as well. That was fun yeah. to get, you know, them sacks. But worst game. Leeds home defeat when it really was very clear that all of Daniel Farker's great workers had been eroded um, yeah. by himself and others at the club. Obviously, that was mm. that was a depressing moment to have no identity. Yeah. And also the draw at um, St James's Park when Newcastle were down ten men for. Like, 80 minutes and we only got a late draw out of that yeah that was horrible because there was an expectation in that game yeah. we didn't have in any other match that season and we that, that kind of that, that game in many ways felt like the one where you just thought nah no I mean like yeah. nah. I mean that was that's pretty much every game actually this season <laughs> <laughs> I, that that, you've got to win that game do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. I will uh, throw in so um Got worst goals conceded could be any of the three against Watford at Carroll Road. The worst <laughs> game is definitely the three-one Watford to Villa home. I was angry after that. Yeah, so much. Go back and it. watch Michael's uh, post-game analysis of that. That, <laughs> that was the point at which you know you've been giving them leeway and everything was building to these lessons. And I can say it confidently now, and I felt it confidently at the time. Five games in they'd learned jack shit and that was basically where we ended. and it was so obvious because they just they just were so careless and that was the point at which you just knew it was just gonna unravel a uh, bit uh, what if moment of the season just coming back to what you were saying about the newcastle game pla's malou's chance mm. last mm. minute scores that norwich have won their first three games under dean smith they've taken two points off newcastle they then would have been whatever the next game was <laughs> i don't know what it was but was, we drew uh, with Wolves next, did we? I think was we it did Ma- draw. Let no, it, Wolves, it was Southampton, Wolves, then Newcastle. Uh, then it might have been Spurs, Spurs away. away. Yeah. I'm still going to maintain that Chelsea was the worst game in the season. Like, I wasn't at the... Well, I've been at no games, but um, <laughs> great Norwich fan, me. <laughs> uh, but I, like that. I think that Chelsea game, Romelu Lukaku was out, Timo Werner was out, and they scored seven bloody goals. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose the thing with that one is you you expect a one or two absolute hammerings. Like we in every Premier League season, even when we were doing well under Lambert, and when we stayed up under Hewton, we got hammered, usually by Liverpool and Suarez. But the thing so, is, so the it thing kind is, of you kind of just sort of water off the ducks back a little bit as as appalling as it was. I, I get that, but the fact that the manager before the game basically said we've got no chance of winning. And then you go and get gubbed seven nothing. You're just like, what's the <laughs> point in supporting the fan? Like turning up. Like, is there a point in the fans turning up? Is the team isn't turning up? No. That was a very frustrating thing about Farker. Is he basically said that before every game in the Premier League, didn't he? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, 
in fairness, Chelsea did have Kai Havertz up top and he has proven to be quite handy um, at that role. Um, maybe we didn't give them enough credit for that at the time, but you know, certainly giving them seven goals worth of credit was probably a little bit excessive. Um, Jingus, best game was Bournemouth at home. I mean, <laughs> obviously, because I think that was probably about a third of Norwich's goals quota. That so, was great um, fun, actually, that game. Yeah, One of the ones I missed, that one. Uh, it's all your fault can, can uh, I pick up on Ted Moore's point uh, Michael um, right, you can indeed do you want me to yeah. bring it up oh I can't bring it up I've no, got that power um, so I think you've you've written quite a bit about this Michael Farker was involved in the summer recruitment wasn't he like he he was part of the, the discussions with Stuart Webber and with the recruitment team and, and whoever's on that executive committee now um, that ratify these things. Farka was, all of the players were players that Farka was happy to have coming in. Oh, yeah. Is that correct? He had, right. a, he had a veto. No one, Norwich couldn't sign anyone he didn't want. So there we go. So ju- just just to correct Ted on on, on that sort of thing. Um, be, Probably so, best. Uh, you want to read out Ted's message? Yes. Sorry, yeah, yeah, oh, it says, I, it says a podcast. Sorry. It says, uh, good point. Uh, Fargo had to compromise his principles to try and squeeze something out of the terrible recruitment. Wrong to say he lost it, as proven by Smith's inability to stop the drop. Which, so, I mean, there is certainly a point there that both head coaches struggled to get enough out of the group of players. Well, well that's it. But also what it says is by putting all your sort of money into the the summer recruitment, and I've said before that the, the the one move if you could have found a buyer was to try and shift Max Aarons on in January and then reinforce and, and forward areas to try and make us more of a goal threat. It, it does seem like essentially um, you by by bringing Dean Smith in, not obviously having funds to back him in January, you'd essentially given up in the season by the time you sacked Daniel Farker. Is that is that? Is that true? Both things can be true as well, can't they? We can. Our recruitment was absolutely dreadful, but it's also true that Farker had moved away from his original principles and he was sort of doing that slowly throughout the championship season when we won it. We would definitely go into a more solid base. I mean, the thing probably to say about the recruitment was uh, I, I get the impression that although Daniel Farker had a veto and Norwich didn't sign anyone he didn't want, they also weren't necessarily the players he wanted initially and he had to work down a list. And I get the impression that if you'd asked him at the start of the summer what he wanted, it wouldn't have been what he got by the end of it. So, you know, those plans change because targets change and things like that. Um, Paul Frake says that uh, his best game was Gillingham in pre-season friendly. Um, yeah. Um, oh, no, yeah, sorry. It's like, you're right, Simon, I was angry. Uh, Susanna George, uh, Chelsea was vile, especially given the early kickoff. Oh, yeah, that was a Saturday, wasn't it? First mm-hmm. thing Saturday. BT G. Craig's got, got a great what if. He says, what if Christos Jolis scored the penalty against Liverpool? Yeah, that that does, that, does that mean he actually appears? In games, sometimes. Well, well, he played well in that game up until the penalty as well. That's the thing, and and also in his appearance, well, and the Bournemouth game before that and things. So I, I think all the sliding doors moments do have to be met with a last risk, though. That we ended up sixteen points, uh, sixteen points adrift uh, in the end. So, it, have you have you worked out, Steve, what the biggest uh, chasm is between? Fourth from bottom and bottom. I haven't. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be Derby, right? Just for a bit of fun. 
I slightly, yeah, I mean that that in my book is is a bit of fun. Yeah, um, it, like I'm slightly annoyed at how bad Derby were because it means that we haven't been the worst. Aye, we not even the whole points than last time, haven't we're we? Not, well. We're not even the best at being worst. It's you know, <laughs> <laughs> their goal difference was eight worse than us, and I looked at that and I thought, oh my god, they must have been colossally awful. <laughs> 11 points i mean they yeah um i think that might be all of them uh, there are some other titles that i've got here but i'm going to write a bit on the athletic on those so um my my other cameo of the season award was uh you appearing michael in the dean smith unveiling video which was obviously uh, <laughs> a real that was a that was a big boon for the on the board podcast i think that's true yeah yeah uh, good i'm glad i got that tattoo done um no I, I yeah i um yeah i think i became a meme um very briefly off the Did back you? of that well i'm sure someone, someone was just i don't know they were just sharing my face my picture somewhere i think <laughs> i don't know it's not like i pay attention to it but um yeah <laughs> you, there we you go do really though a <laughs> <laughs> little bit well if i get tagged in it i can't really avoid it but yeah um uh there we go right i think is that all the award season can we now declare this award ceremony officially over <laughs> yeah, and uh, never longer than the oscars that was never uh, never speak of any of this again is yeah. that i mean we were really lined under it but, okay um well yes the well i mean it is the last part of the season so that's why i'm being a bit forgiving with well, the time. Um... i don't think we're going to stick to my half an hour deadline boys oh uh, no 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 <laughs> and i'm just about to commit with another pointless grenade so the oscars <laughs> like they call, they call it the academy right but like is, is our academy still producing what talent while they're the first team at this point I yeah no <laughs> young, young players kicking a bit I need to keep these for my summer podcast uh, what, what do you think uh, I, by the way there's been no mention of Tony Springer that's been a wee bit of wee bit of joy oh well, well you, where, where do you want to where do you want to file him Steve revealing that Tony Springett's middle name is Gary was one of the, is probably my favourite moment of the season this uh, on this podcast. Great shout! That <laughs> is his great his shout. parents must you'd think love men behaving badly because there's no other reason <laughs> other than naming their son after the two title characters in Men Behaving Badly. Would you call your son? Tony Gary. When was he born? Like what? Probably two thousand and three. Uh, by which time, I'm pretty sure that that program. Yeah, the parents would have would have been no, well aware true. of uh, men yeah. battling. Well, he has been doing some naughty things in the pitch. He looks. He looks a talent. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, with with like, time, it's with wingers, they always look impressive, don't they? Because they can do a few tricks and beat a few players. So it's yeah. always really hard to judge wingers on how good they actually are. I mean, hopefully I've seen, both excellent. I've seen Robert Eagle come in to a fighting <laughs> team and look quite good. So I'm reserving judgment. At Ryan Jarvis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, <sighs> thing is, I think there's just a Sorry, I, I, For once, I was actually trying to be positive. But as, <laughs> as I think it's just been completely doused. As I think you wrote, Michael, they came from Greg, they came through sort of Greg Broughton's academy in london is that right so that had been set up and players who have been brought through academies by greg Broughton, i.e jamal lewis ben godfrey and max max aarons tend to be quite good so there's hope there indeed um who better as susanna says who better to help us spring it back to the prem they are the kind of puns <laughs> we need um as Stu and dan we need your middle names in honor of uh, tony so what are they Dan, what's your middle name? Or several? John. 
John, good. After my dad. Yeah, well, I don't good. know. I don't know anyone called John, but that is my middle name too. Oh right, so, excellent. You got Ross Hodge. Ross, that yes, strikes me as a good Scottish my, name. It's my. It's also the tartan that I wear. It's my dad's mum's maiden name, and it's the only kind of because Hodge is obviously disgustingly English as a surname. So um, <laughs> I, I've got to go with that for if I'm wearing my tartan. It's a nice kind of green and blue plaid. Would you think- sorry? Can I just uh, before Steve gives his answer? Can I can I ask you, Stuart, if you'd rather be Stuart McHodge? <laughs> Stuart Hodge. Wow. I'd remove wow. the that offensive. I'd, I don't know. I hope well, not. It's, it's, bro- it's probably offensive to a lot of people, but I know Dan well enough. It's fine. Um, I'd remove the H and I'd go with McCodge. Oh, McCodge. Uh, what capital O? Capital O D G E. That sounds like a. Double C, like Mick Codge. Sounds Mc-Codge. like a type of cauliflower, that does. <laughs> Michael's gone. I've been trying to get Michael to do McCodge. that. These you bots. can't say that. I'm a codge, like a kind of old codger, which I will be eventually. I'm a codge. Okay. I'm, I'm still calling it a rolling, <laughs> a rolling we'll, slice. We'll get rid of the Stuart and it'll just be Ross McCodge. Right? <laughs> if I ever become an actor and change my name with Equity, the Actors Union, which I think you can do. It's not like a deep pool. You can give yourself a stage name, Ross McCodge. You'd have got a, you'd have got a part in uh, Monica the Glen with a name like that. Uh, <laughs> I think, I, I think oh, I up to date reference. Yes, okay. <laughs> I'm. Um, I'm. I'm sensing that bit where people have repeatedly told me for the past forty eight hours, you need a break. I think we. we uh, I'm <laughs> sensing the manifestation that's, of that. That's scenario. just the length of uh, how long this podcast has been going yeah. on. Yeah. Or Stuart's McCodge, Who knows? Um, uh, we we did we did Steve's middle name in the last pod, didn't we? Oh, Steve, we did give it again. It is Dodd, D-O-double-D, as in Ken. It's my mum's surname. <laughs> Stuart already knows this. <laughs> Stephen um, Dodd Sanders. Which is beautiful. Um, uh, Paul Frake <laughs> says, uh, Hodgie reminds me of Trevor Hockey, which is a great reference to you. I don't know who yeah. that is. Uh, Who's the, Trevor Hockey? He's a former Norwich player with magnificent with a, hair. Mm, <gasps> stunning beard. Right, yeah, getting Googled. Um, Noble Six says, uh, looking forward to Norwich coming to the den next season, lads. Yeah, I think that's a thumbs up. <laughs> um, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, there we go. Uh, Henry Henry Furman, <laughs> as in Ralph, maybe. Uh, this season was just another tale of Roe. Oh, nice. <laughs> there is a, there's a nice positive one to end on there. Comment. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. No, no, there is a nice positive one there from oh, NCFC yes. Live. Oh, oh, there is one. Oh, mm. sorry. Okay. <laughs> quick. <laughs> quick. Uh, on a positive note, Jolis, Sergeant, Rowe, Ida, Omobamadele, Mumba, McCallum, Gibbs, that's a lot of players, all in a league where they can actually develop properly. The future is definitely bright with the right recruits. Thank you. <laughs> it's a hell of a caveat oh. to end with there, isn't it? <laughs> by, by <laughs> the way, Trevor Hockey, what a guy. Played outside right. Over 600 league appearances, caps for Wales, and manager at one point of Staley Bridge Celtic. Ah, we never brought stopped. Celtic back into it again. <laughs> <laughs> we never, what is it? We never stop. We, ne- we, we never, never stop. stop. And that, I'm, just, I'm living up to that mantra. Can I say, by the way, Paul, at that, given the ridiculousness of my beard, was a very good looky-likey doppelganger. So well done. Right. Um, Thank you for our magnificent awards. I can't ever promise we'll manage that level of awards in future years um, if we ever get around to doing another one. 
but I think that was truly magnificent and probably the best thing that's happened all season. Let's move on, shall we, to this is almost fantasy football. This is almost fantasy football. Thank you, John, a.k.a. Motson, a.k.a. Motti. Um, time to look ahead and paint a picture of what we expect to see from Norwich City over the coming, not seven days, an entire summer. Although it's May, so it's not actually even the summer yet. But you know what I mean. Um, all I really want is um, one thing you want or expect to see this summer, gentlemen, from Norwich City. Um, could be anything. <laughs> I'm out. I feel like my brain has recoiled. Well, I can, is it? Are we? The players are coming back on June the thirteenth. Is that right? June the fourteenth for testing, which right. I don't has actually blown my it. mind. That's what three, three weeks they've got off. Three weeks. <laughs> that that strikes me as. But then the season starts at the end of July, so it, it does kind of make sense. I I thought I thought everyone had four and a half weeks off. So, but I have. What would that take you off. to July though? Wouldn't it? uh not for yeah. now um just, so or just just one july. two three four it'd be the 22nd of june five so weeks I, before the season starts wouldn't yeah. i hope we're having more than five weeks off not it's a balance it is part, obviously. yeah oh god we won't do them in pre-season anyway um i mean there is a genuine balance between time off to recuperate and recover and I suppose maintaining fitness and preparations. We've but, um, I've been corrected. It's uh, well corrected twice, either June the twenty fourth or June the twenty seventh, apparently, which still does not seem a very long time yeah. to have off after that season we've just endured. Indeed, four and a half weeks. But then, uh, to a degree, there's only so much thing to do about it as well, isn't there? Um, so I guess we want to see them refreshed. Is that refreshed. what you're saying, Dan? Yeah, and uh, one thing I like to see is Ahmed Bamadeli back in training and his injury concerns behind him, because I think. Um, He's probably our one great hope for next season from that um, academy. That would be good. I think I think just savvy, canny recruitment. Obviously, we're not going to know whether that is, you know, whether it has been good until we're well into the season. But like, I, I would quite like to see us get some hungry. Play. I think what we're missing, right, is we've we've got the experience of going up to the championship. We've got we've signed a group of players who are. Premier League level or at least wouldn't have joined us if we weren't in the Premier League now I think we need a few players who are sort of hungry haven't experienced that promotion to the Premier League maybe some sort of decent championship standard type players we can get for not a huge amount of money I think and I think they're the kind of players that Smith could get the best out of hmm. any uh, any particular position Mid- midfield defensive Three or four midfield, central Michael. Midfielders. yes as Jay Crick 12 says a proper DM that would be really really nice um, a lot of the uh, HMS past the league shouts. It's after my walk now. Um, in the chat, a lot of folks saying that um, we're not going in next season, so I want there to be a bit of patience because I don't think it's going to be well, not going to like I would be very surprised if we won the league for a third consecutive championship season, and I think I think it's. If, as long as we get promoted, we should be happy. Um, anything less than top six is unacceptable. But I think there needs to be a degree of patience because Dean Smith's he's, he's still essentially, I know he was brought in last year, but this is essentially going to be him finally working with a squad and beginning to be able to mould a bit in his own image without the pressure of sort of Premier League games and trying to punch above where your squad is actually at. So I, I, I'm, I would like to see there be enough patience for the guy to get time to 
to carve out what he's trying to do because I do think he's a really good manager. I think Craig Shakespeare's a really good deputy. I think I think there's a good management team there. And I think I, I hope they get backed in an appropriate way. But actually, conversely to signings in the door, I would like to see us um bring money in the coffers for moving players on. I would like to see that Norwich City do still carry value in this squad by virtue of us being able to move players on for significant amounts of money. I'm looking primarily at Max Aarons in that regard. Well, I'm sure there'll be people running the show who'd like to see that as well, definitely. Uh, Jingus, you get the last shout. Uh, needed a good new kit to go with a new badge. So there we go. Um, as always, we look forward to the kits. They were quite good this season. Yeah, let's, let's, not have the, uh, let's not have the Ferrari of this. Do we need a new... Yeah, do we need we need a new sponsor as well, don't we? I'm not sure. I've been meaning to check that. I don't know the answer. I think Lotus had signed for only one season, but let's uh, let's cross one bridge, is it? Oh, so, yeah, a, new, a, new, a new sponsor would be great as well. Um, uh, right, I think I think we I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we're done. <laughs> um, that is time for on the ball, the Norwich City podcast. Uh, uh, not just for tonight, but for the entire season. So a huge thank you to everyone that has joined us on the pod, interacted with us, posted a comment, abused us, or simply summed up their thoughts in an emoji. Uh, you are all heroes to us, and rest assured we will never take for granted you giving up your time to take in this nonsense which this week involved Stu saying McCodge. Um, if you're yet to do so make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice the pod is available free for everyone on your usual podcast player that won't be changing and we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels and something that we will obviously look to um, continue with next season although we are all going out well most of us because you can't get down from Glasgow, sadly, but we're going out for a meal, aren't we? In Norwich tomorrow night, we're going to have editorial chats. Well, I look forward to hearing the extrapolations exactly. from that, but I repeat my rallying cry. Anyone that's coming north of the border, feel free to DM me and I'll Please. help you. I want thousands of Norwich fans ready to go to Celtic Park, rocking up, getting in hold of stew, and you can all go around his garden for a barbecue. I cannot wait to hear in two months' time the minute of why you've regretted uh, this. <laughs> hey, listen, you are laughing, right? Glasgow. Yep. Glasgow is a city known for its ambassadorial welcome to people. And that's maybe that's why they held COP26 here. <laughs> no. But at the same time, like I, I want to I want to I want to exhibit that. I want to welcome people to my country and especially any of my Canary family that come up. Um so anybody that's coming, safe journey and which end are you gonna be in for the friendly? I'm going to be in the Norwich end, but I might, I, I might actually be the first guy legitimately able to wear a half-and-half half scarf. Wow. Wow. And they will produce them, you know it. Um, right. Uh, yeah, where was I? Yes, ratings and reviews, wherever prompted, are always hugely appreciated, but there's no pressure. If you want to get in touch with any topics or uh, questions, then do so. Probably won't get back to you for a few months, but, you know, go for it if you want. Uh, send me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. As for this evening, a big thank you to our guests tonight. Stu, thank you as always for your time and, com- and company. Thank you very much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Superstar. It's a lovely flag too. Dan, top man as always. Thank you, Michael. Lovely to see all of you. 
And uh, and Steve, thank you for um, your efforts throughout this season, bringing the numbers to life and not crying about the football. Thank you. Yes, and I am. I I'm very easily set off, as you know. I do start crying just at the drop of a hat. No, it's been a blast. Thank you, and thank you to everyone, who, as you said, who's commented. Particularly tonight, we've had a lot of comments, and uh, yeah, it's helped make it a really good show. I think. I mean, I guess you might have been crying once we'd gone off air. I hadn't really thought about that. I've been struggling, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> right, we've got the meal tomorrow. We'll have a chat about that one. Yeah. Um, Shall we all do it again next season? <laughs> I'm um, let's talk about that tomorrow as well. Okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Um, I'm sure we will. Uh, and we will be back because I've written it here in my link. We will be back at some point in time <laughs> that you have written for the first bout of next season's Canaries Capers. Hopefully not in a comical defending way, by the way. Uh, as we embark on our fourth season of the On The Ball Norwich City podcast. Uh, until then... Never mind the danger. And we're clear. Welcome, everyone, to its end. All you Twitterkers, probably... For the last time ever. <gasps> I don't know, maybe. Oh, maybe. Where's it getting canned? <laughs> you, you've said, that, you've said, said this off air after every <laughs> single podcast this, uh, this year. I have. Have I really? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. as, Welcome that's... to this much-loved feature. <laughs> well, It is so, the host's favourite feature. We, we haven't done it for a couple of weeks, and some people did notice, so it wasn't zero. Um, but, you know, whether we continue doing this beyond into next season not I feel sure. like we've we've started the editorial meeting early here we're, we're doing this <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're bringing the viewers in it's great if you want it was if you if you want to message us uh, message as part of the show uh, you can use the hashtag twitterkers twitter k-e-r-s um or twitterkers at icloud.com which i don't plan in closing as an email so and and people are still twitterkers is the secret club will still be secret whether oh, we carry on or not the fantastic citizens of great britain prove themselves like um really really magnificent when provided with a democratic choice so why don't you put it to a vote yeah i can't i, I can't be bothered are you worried about how <laughs> few people would bother voting <laughs> I, I think so that would be the answer i, I, I had a <laughs> I had a thing like that. <laughs> You're going to hate me, right? I put a thing up saying, "Does anybody want me to do any kind of like, sort of official thing when Norwich come to Scotland?" And most of the vast majority of the votes weren't yes or no. It was for don't care. You have to appreciate, and also turnout can be low for these things. You have to you run the risk. Um, a couple of a couple of things for this for this uh, for this wits end. Um, Freddie uh, Gavita got in touch with me. Will will we ever see Flip the Bird on the On the Ball podcast? Any any plans to go I in like person next season? So um, we could Sorry. do an in person pod. What's Flip the Bird? What is yes? What is that? Uh, Flip the Bird. Uh, when I used to do the Pinkin Show, um, Flip the Bird was a beer mats game where the guests had oh, to try and yeah. flip as many oh. beer mats as possible. Yeah, I did have to do that. Oh, yeah. That now the problem is we haven't got any On the Ball branded beer mats. For starters, someone just provided a load of pink and ones. I guess there's add it to tomorrow's agenda, Michael. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and uh, we'd have to do a pod in person, which we might do. We did, we have had, half had that discussion. But then this is so engaging, it would be quite hard to have it streamed live as video. If we were <laughs> Can you improve on perfection? You know, this is just too good. We're in our bubble. We think we're awesome. Right? Try telling us otherwise. Um, so I don't know, Freddie. Um, I'm bearing it in mind, but I, I think maybe it's more up to the pink and boys and girls if they want to bring back Flip the Bird on their pink and show. <laughs> I'll leave that to those guys. You know, that as they can if they want. I, I don't mind either way. Um, Did you yeah. talk about the Twitter spot? No, we're not. even on with. No, we're not. Not. We're not talking about that. Stu, Which one was that? Stu? No, we're not. No, we are going to rise above. It's got nothing to do with us, and we don't need to get involved in it. And I don't normally put my put my foot put down. Can we mute? Can we mute Michael? I've had, a, I've had an email in. Moving on from Chandler Ellsbecker. <laughs> to uh, twitterkers at iCloud.com. Uh, hello, Michael and company. Sorry that you've all been relegated to that. Uh, I've been watching... Uh, Sun- company. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching Sunderland win promotion and want to get this straightened out once and for all. What is the deal with this Alec Neal thing? Um, <laughs> until listening to the On The Ball podcast, I never heard his name pronounced in any way other than how it's spelt, never from Chris Corum or any other commentator, you know, people who would know. Um, even Stuart Hodge introduced him as Alex in his big interview with the man last year. His full name, according... Oh, apparently. Um, his full name, according to Wikipedia, is Alexander. I've Googled the issue and found nothing suggesting that he goes by Alec regularly. How did we collectively face the Aaron's Aaron's ordeal, yet never have to reckon with how we were saying a past manager's name? Michael, I've never doubted your sincerity in pronouncing the name the way you do. Well, that does sound like you are. <laughs> I'm only joking. Uh, considering the care you put into saying every name correctly, possibly. Uh, additionally, Steve humorously brought this up during the Iron Brew, Iron Brew fair <laughs> and got a straight face response <laughs> saying saying it was positively said alec uh, did i miss something does alec neil just not care enough to make a big deal out it out of it or have i been gaslit by a well-executed and incredibly niche deadpan act and it's indeed been alex this whole time anyhow i thank you for your good work and he says some who, stuff. who was um, that but, yeah. who what was the name this of is chandler chandler elsbecker Outstandingly good name. It's a brilliant name. Great name and wonderful correspondence. Yeah, it's a wonderful email on a subject that I have had to field for. (laughs) I don't know. Well, since since Alec came to Norwich, basically. Since who, sorry? Uh, Alec Neil. (laughs) So Um, can can I can I just say I apologise on behalf of Chandler, uh, well, to Chandler, and on behalf of Scotland, Alec. Okay, well, there we go. Can I add into that? And that's obviously right. But um, when I was working at the club, Alex Neil did say to me after a press conference, why does Michael Bailey call me Alec all the effing time? <laughs> really? yeah. Is that actually true? Yeah, in, in, the, in the right spirit. He wasn't, you know, annoyed or anything. Maybe, maybe it's something, <laughs> right, because Alec was always very much, like, I, I think I curried a wee bit of favour with him just by virtue of being Scottish, right? I think it's maybe one of those things. Maybe you've got to be Scottish to earn the right to see Alec. Now I'm not. I'm not an exclusive kind of guy. Like I, I'm said <laughs> when I'm selling them, darling. Uh, but like I, I'm not really an exclusive kind of dude like that. I'm in- inclusivity rather than exclusivity. So I'm happy for you to see Alec, Michael. But maybe Alec himself doesn't like you saying Alec and prefers. Can we can we get Alec. the definitive answer on this? But before next mm. season then what is right because oh. i thought i've always been told alec by michael and now well I'm i sure. think so 
the, the way it goes for me is that he he did his first press conference at Colney. Um, Tom Williams off of BBC Lucky said, hello, Alex. So first question, obviously, it's always good to know. Is it Alec or Alex? And he said, Alex is fine. Um, not that it's right, <laughs> but it's like, please call me Alex because I can't be asked to have, you know, to correct people. So, and I, I, to be honest, have kind of always assumed a bit like Stuart said, that Alec is probably... Uh, a way you would pronounce it as a familiar as a familiar form and probably gets it from the people he genuinely knows in Scotland who are probably mostly Scottish it's um, perhaps a colloquialism as well Michael yeah so um and then I've just always liked the idea of calling him Alec and that generally that is probably how Alex tends to be pronounced in Scotland generally I would say I for the most part like, well with, with the male version of the name if it's like a girl called Alex it's always Alex so, so, so to me, it comes out. Do I say Jacob Sorensen? Well, no, not anymore because that's right. So I call him Jakob Sorensen. So I call Alec Alec Neil. What do you call um, Jamie? But in 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 Alec Alex's Alex's own word words, there isn't a right or wrong answer. So it's why it amuses me when everyone picks up on me telling me I'm wrong. I'm like, well, I'm not wrong, but you know, you don't have to call him that if you don't want to. So I went at the 2012. It- World Cup, where every commentator apart from Tilsley was calling James Rodriguez, James Rodriguez, and Tilsley got a load of stick for pronouncing it James, as I guess it should be pronounced. And now everyone calls it calls him James Rodriguez. Clive Tilsley was right. <laughs> or that strange period where um, where Trevor Brooking decided to call Teddy Sheringham Teddy Sheringham. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Chandler, I. I don't know if that answers it. Um, certainly, uh, we're, not one of these, we're not that intelligent. There's another one of these like, more contemporary in Norwich City with all these Kenny McLean folk, right? It's Kenny <laughs> McLean, like John McLean out of Die Hard. Yeah. Right? It's no McLean as in clean your room, son. Yeah. Like, you tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Idiot. Oh, so, Why do you think everyone calls him Kenny instead? Because <laughs> no one ever remembers <laughs> how to Ken. pronounce his surname properly. Ken. Because that's, but, Dean Smith has come forward with the gold Ken McLean, hasn't he? Oh, um, kudos to uh, Jay Crick in the comments, by the way. He says, maybe you have to be Scottish to say Iron Brew right as well. <laughs> it seems you need to be Scottish to say Alec, uh, Roland Slice, Iron Brew or <laughs> McLean. And McCodger uh, as well. Can we call you no, McCodger no, as Englishmen? No, 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 it's no McCodger. It's not got an accent in the E. It's McCodger. Ross McCodger, mate. I'm liking um, it. I want can to I, become a good pen name, Ross McCodge. Exactly. Can I say my um my favourite part of that email though was where I got the credit for um Dan's humorous patter because I'm pretty sure it was him that said <laughs> that made the uh, Alec Neal reference and not me. But uh, I'll I'll take it. You know, that's fine. Take it. Um, well, I <laughs> I'm mean, sure Michael's right probably enjoyed me bringing that up over the last five years, at least on a t- two monthly basis. I'd say. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and how do how do you pronounce Mick Dennis? Is it is that right? <laughs> Yeah, swap one of the letters. Stop it. I can mute you all at a tick. Um, right. So um, so for That's wit's end, we've, we, for wit's end, stop it. We, um, we've done space puns, tea, teeth puns. Zodiac whip bread was obviously a, a real highlight. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Said with enthusiasm. I feel like maybe now is the right time to bring it to a close because the man himself, 
has uh, made his next step mm. to become assistant well, manager of Fleetwood Town. I mean, I hate to bring up Scotland again, but <laughs> under the uh, under the tutelage of Scott Brown, uh, we never thought. I know Stephen Whitaker was a Rangers player, but the the man in charge of that team was Scott Brown. Scott Brown, Brownie. yeah, right, great. Thanks One of the most overrated midfielders I've ever watched play football. Couldn't he do a 15-yard pass? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we did. We had any, any other business at the end, and that merged to then Kenny other business. Um, yeah. But he's now Kenneth. That's Ken. a rup was and that's a rup was the sign off, <laughs> and he, he it is literally that is a rup. He he's he's gone. Here's so, the thing: you wait, could wait, call wait, it not... Kenneth. You believe it? No, actually, you couldn't. You couldn't do that. <laughs> More that. Edit that bit I, out, Michael. I think it'd be more, more Victor Meldrew. We'll be getting an email about that. <laughs> um, aye, at that point, but I forget it. Great. <laughs> I think on that, I mean, we have been going an extraordinary amount of time. Um, this week, yeah, this podcast may have been longer than all the weeks. It's 10 to 10. Yeah. The, the good thing is, everyone. <laughs> Everyone's got John Rowe and Gary Springer will be in bed by now, won't they? <laughs> Gary. We've we've actually provided more entertainment in this um in one hundred and two minutes than Norwich City have in uh, the entirety of the season, probably. I'm not convinced that is true, but it is <laughs> it is an indictment of certainly <laughs> energy. I think we've 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 been we've had more energy over this ninety minutes plus than uh, than we saw on Sunday. And that I think is a tripping a, a, a tripping tribute. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, thank you all for a brilliant pod. Uh, uh, thanks everyone for watching all season. I've already done all thank yous, but uh, we we sincerely mean it. Um, we'll see you in August. Probably it could be July. God, mm, it could be um, July. Or the summer or if you out. come to sunny Scotland. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, or no, the, the feeding of the 5,000 with Hodgie. McCodge is going to serve you all, McCodge. So um, until next time, get in touch with us, twitterkids at iCloud.com. That will be, uh, that'll be running. Uh, Just a quick one, Michael. <laughs> there cannot be anything left to say. There's no more words. Of, of on on the comments, a dude called James R. Just after we're talking about James Rodriguez, James R is making some good points. And Jay Crick, uh, send me a DM on Twitter. I like your part, mate. Catches. I thought, what, what did any of that mean? What did he just say? Uh, Jay Crick says it's a cruel it, way to end. end it, Michael. End uh, it. Uh, We've all got lives to lead. Yes, uh, we need somewhere else to be. Uh, if only we had the referee from Sunday who just blew on 90 minutes exactly. How did we yeah. not mention that? <laughs> and Simon Hooper did it as well the other week at Leicester. Blue bye early. bye, Mike Dean. What a character. <laughs> okay, there's no there's no more to it. Gents, thank you so much. Um on three, would it be lovely to hear you say goodbye? One, one, two, three. Bye. Bye. Be on the lap of appreciation. <laughs> there we go. Oh, we should do a lap of we could do that at Norwich after our editorial meeting. Um, thank you everyone. That is it for tonight's pod and for wits end. Uh, but remember you can still get in touch. Hashtag Twitterkers, email twitterkers at iCloud.com. You never know. We might throw one of these out every so often if we're drunk. Um, but until next time, whenever that next time is. Oh, Lucas, that's a rope. <laughs>